Hello, welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and I have some exciting news. In addition to this podcast, I am beginning another podcast that will feature steamy and ultra steamy romance novels. These will be available on the platform Ream Stories. Ream Stories is busy finalizing the ability to upload audiobooks to their site. As soon as it's up, I'll let you know and you can listen to the steamy side of Confessions of a Fallen Good Girl. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com slash reamcherish. The ebook is now available on Amazon. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Chapter 35 Friday Morning, Christmas Eve Bella stretched and sat up in bed. Light seeped into the room around the edges of the window shades. Glancing at the clock, she realized that it was just after eight. She'd spent most of the previous night talking with Jack. They hadn't gone to bed until midnight. She'd felt bad about that, because he hadn't had a good night's sleep in a while. But he didn't seem to mind the time with her. They talked about all kinds of things. She shared her love for Game of Thrones, and he taught her how to play Call of Duty. He wasted her, but by the end of the night, she was at least catching on. Then, in his protective way, he showed her where he kept the extra guns in the house. She figured that with his past and their current situation... He wanted her to know where the guns were in a pinch. Once again, she realized just how different his mindset was from hers. When she started working at Savage Security, Cole made sure she knew how to handle a gun. Quarterly, she was required to log a minimum of five hours at the shooting range. She enjoyed the practice. But until the attack, she'd never imagined that she'd ever need to use a gun. This was one more way Eric messed up her life. She'd lost the naive belief that bad stuff only happened to other people. And now, with the bed covers still draped over her legs, she thought about Jack's confession. She'd never imagined that he had a crush on her, and now she realized that he was the type of man that she could see herself with. She'd always respected his choice of career. Any person willing to sacrifice themselves for others demonstrated a quality of character that was more than most could even imagine, let alone achieve. Easing herself into a standing position beside the bed, she ran her hands through her hair and rolled her head. The pain meds from the last night were wearing off, and a dull ache throbbed between her temples. Her ribs stung when she took a deep breath, but shallow breaths were pain-free. They'd eaten well last night, but her stomach was beginning to rumble its dissatisfaction. She made the bed and decided to make breakfast. She wanted to do something nice for Jack as a thank you for all that he'd done for her. She eased her way down the stairs, careful to be quiet in case Jack was still sleeping, and when she reached the first floor, she knew he'd already beaten her to the kitchen. The energizing aroma of coffee greeted her as she wandered into the kitchen. He'd crashed when he got in bed the night before, but as the sun rose, he had awoken with a sense of urgency. There were still too many unknowns in this case. They knew they didn't have all of the members of the cell that had targeted them, But with each capture and subsequent interrogation, the noose was tightening. As they rounded up members of the cell, they'd get more insight on the cell and its connections with other cells throughout the country and in the Middle East. When the stairs creaked, he glanced up at the entrance to the kitchen. The sight of Bella in her bathrobe triggered his lips to curve into a smile. She belonged here with him. Bella swiped her hand through her messy hair and stopped at the table beside Jack. 
She glanced quickly at his laptop and the gun sitting on the table. Yep, his mindset was definitely different from hers. Morning, Jack crooned, drawing her eyes to his. A sexy stubble darkened his features, but his eyes looked rested, brighter. She wondered if he carried a gun around the house all the time or if this was a special event because of what was going on. Have you eaten? she asked, glancing around the kitchen looking for food. Have you eaten? she asked, glancing around the kitchen looking for evidence of food and dirty dishes. No, he shook his head. The scent of her as she stood beside him triggered a thread of desire. He wanted to wrap an arm around her and pull her into his lap. He stopped the fantasy there, because he didn't think he'd survive if he started thinking about what he wanted to do when he couldn't do what he wanted to do. I was waiting for you. Bella's eyes twinkled at his response. She squeezed his shoulder and said, Perfect. If it's okay with you, I'd like to make you breakfast as a little thank you for all you've done. The warmth of her hand seared a brand into his flesh, as if she were marking him as hers. His body heated under her gaze. That would be nice, but I can help, he offered. He leaned forward to push back the chair. Oh, no, she said with a shake of her head and pressed down on his shoulder. She motioned towards the laptop with her other hand. You do whatever you are doing while I work my magic. Okay, thank you, he said absentmindedly, rubbing his hands over the keys of the laptop. She headed towards the pantry and peered inside. Shelves lined the three sides of the pantry from top to bottom. I should have known, she said, staring at the organized pantry. Is organization some sort of job requirement for you guys? She looked over her shoulder at him. I swear, not even one of you guys is messy. He laughed. That's a good thing, right? She nodded. Yes, a very good thing. She stepped into the pantry and looked over the shelves. Huge, large pots and pans were stacked in one area. The rest of the items were organized alphabetically. Ah, here it is, she said, picking up the box of pancake mix. She grabbed the non-stick spray and set the items on the granite island. She headed back to the pantry for the griddle. After making herself at home in his kitchen, she found everything she needed to fix up a pancake, bacon, and eggs breakfast. They ate together, sipping on coffee and enjoying each other's company. Bella was impressed by how relaxed Jack was and how easy it was to talk to him. She'd seen a different side of him in the past few days. Being here with him felt natural, like this was where she belonged. While she cleaned up the kitchen, Jack read through the information the team had learned. The trip Logan and Ryan had taken to see Dr. Kapoor had been a goldmine of information. He scraped a hand over his jaw as he processed the birth of Aditya, the man-killer. Knowing her motives for her actions helped him understand why she became a killer, but it didn't excuse her. She still killed Lieutenant Shaw, and he'd been one of the good guys. Jack knew that Savage Security would never learn how the intelligence agencies could use Dr. Kapoor, but he knew that that man's information and connections could save lives. The doorbell rang, cutting through the peaceful kitchen. Jack and Bella's eyes turned towards the front of the house. Bella's heart raced at the sound, but she reassured herself that if it was a killer from the terrorist cell, that he wouldn't ring the doorbell. Glancing at Jack, Bella asked, Were you expecting anyone? No, Jack said flatly. He pushed back his chair and stood. Pointing at Bella, he said, You stay here. I'll check it out. Jack slipped the gun into the back of his pants and stalked towards the front door. Stepping to the side of the front door, he peeked between the curtain and the window.
Shit. Jack knew they'd eventually show up. Two men dressed in suits stood patiently at the door. One man was white and the other was black. He'd put them both in their forties. He'd seen the white man before at Aditya's hotel, but he couldn't recall his name. Who is it? Jack asked gruffly. The white man addressed Jack through the door. We're detectives with the Carisburg Police Department. We met briefly at the hotel yesterday. I'm Detective Hal Webb. We have some questions about the recent event at Savage Security. Both detectives held their badges towards the door. One minute, Jack replied. As long as Bella kept with the script, everything would be fine. Jack pulled open the door and greeted them. Detective Sam Malone hadn't been at the hotel when his partner, Detective Webb, had found some men from Savage Security in Aditya Chopra's hotel room. But he had enough experience to know that this case would be swamped with curious and curiouser events. Sam extended a hand to Jack. Detective Sam alone, he said. Come in. Jack backed away from the door and motioned for them to come inside. He led them to the family room and Bella joined them. He didn't want to talk to them, but he had to at least look like he was cooperating. Bella's breakfast tumbled in her stomach the way clothes swirled in the dryer. She now regretted the big breakfast and hoped to keep it down. She sat on the sofa, opposite the detectives, and folded her hands in her lap. Looking down, she also regretted the fact that she was still dressed in her bathrobe. But she wanted this over as fast as possible, so she didn't bother to ask to change clothes. She also figured that Jack wanted the men out of his house as quickly as possible. Jack sat next to her, his thigh against hers in a silent show of support. How can we help you? he asked. Detective Sam alone held his notepad in his hand and tapped his pen against the paper. Miss Chan, I'm sorry for the horrific event you experienced. Can you tell us what happened the night of the attack? Bella knew the fact that she'd been unconscious was the fact that she needed to cling to in this. Um, she started, taking in a calming breath. Eric and I went to dinner. Where? Hal interrupted. They'd verify later. The new restaurant, the Del Mar? Hal and Sam nodded while Sam scribbled something on his pad. Afterwards, Eric took me back to work to pick up my flowers. She took a deep breath and shifted uncomfortably. What flowers? Sam asked. He focused on her, trying to read her body language. She was uncomfortable, which was typical for victims. He hated making them relive the experience as they recorded the events. Eric had sent me flowers earlier in the day. When we got back to work, he lost it. She reached over and grabbed Jack's hand for support. It was like Eric morphed into this other person. He attacked me. She swallowed hard as images of his abuse flipped through her mind, like one of those cartoon books that show how movies are made. Jack felt the heat in her sweaty hand. He gave her hand a gentle squeeze and rubbed his thumb over the top of her hand in a show of comfort. Bella swallowed hard and was instantly reminded how painful and terrifying it had been as Eric's hands tightened around her neck as she gasped for air. He punched me. He groped me. Then he strangled me. I blacked out. I don't remember really anything after that. Detective Malone nodded in understanding. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm happy that you survived. He had read the report from the hospital. She hadn't been raped but her shirt had been torn and bruises covered her face, throat, and torso. Detective Webb shifted his gaze and studied Jack. He knew Jack's type from his days in the military. 
They kept to themselves and weren't afraid to do what needed to be done. He had a great respect for that kind of warrior, but he also knew that kind of man wasn't easily fooled. Mr. Black, could you tell us how you got involved? Jack kept Bella's hand in his as he leaned forward a little. When I arrived at Savage Security, I found Eric with his hands around Bella's neck. I shot him in the shoulder. He went for a weapon on his leg. I shot him again in the other shoulder. He then fled. As I approached Bella, I realized that she wasn't breathing. So I took my focus off of Eric and began chest compressions and rescue breathing. Sam Malone tapped his pen against the pad in a constant rhythm. He knew there was more, but he also knew he'd never get anything out of them. So you didn't go after Eric. You let him escape? Jack's impulse was to clench his jaw, but he refrained, willing himself to remain calm and collected. Correct. My focus was Bella. Saving her life was the priority. Hal shifted his gaze back to Bella. She looked small and nervous compared to the hardened man next to her. Miss Chan, why do you think Eric attacked you? Bella let out a breath of surprise and Jack rolled his shoulders. Jack responded before Bella had a chance. Detective Webb, why are you asking a victim why she was attacked? Are you really asking if she did something to provoke it? He knew he sounded pissed, but he couldn't allow Detective Webb's questions to go down that route. Jack took a deep breath to rein in his frustration. He stood, taking another deep breath to expand his chest. We are done answering your questions. If you have anything else, please contact our lawyer. I believe our boss, Cole Savage, already gave the police his name. Sam had noticed the lawyer's name as he read over the thin file on the attack at Savage Security. Sam stood, rolling his shoulders to adjust his suit jacket. He glanced at Bella. She looked like she was barely keeping it together. She twisted her hands together in her lap and her lips were pressed tight in a line. Looking at Bella, Sam said, Again, I'm glad that you're alive. He pulled a card from the pocket inside his suit jacket and held it out for her. Here's a number for a therapist who deals with victims of violent attacks. It would be a good idea to talk with her. Bella's hands shook slightly as she accepted the card. Thank you, she mumbled. Jack led the detectives to the front door and locked it behind them. When he turned, Bella stood in the hallway, leaning against the door jamb. You did well, he said. She scoffed. I was scared. Jack nodded and took a few steps to her. Wrapping her in his arms, he kissed the top of her head. I know, but that was to be expected. It's over. He leaned back and cradled her face in his hands. Don't answer any more questions from the police. If they want something, they need to go through the lawyer. That's your right, and that's what you need to do. Keep quiet. She shook her head in understanding. I know, she breathed out. Sliding her hands around Jack's waist, she nestled her head against his chest and listened to the steady pounding of his heart. He'd see her through this, and then they'd see where their relationship would go. Would they become a couple? Would it destroy her work environment? Was it worth the risk? Hal started the car as Sam buckled himself into the passenger seat. What do you think? Hal asked. Sam rested an arm beside the window. I think the wagons are circling. Her answer seemed rehearsed. They basically got her under protection at Mr. Black's place. He tossed his hand in the direction of Jack's house. Hal put the car in gear and started down the street. Yeah, she definitely kept to the script. 
but it's possible she doesn't remember much. He doubted it, but victims often repressed shit. I'm sure Mr. Black doesn't mind the inconvenience of guarding her, he added with a smirk. Sam guffawed. I doubt Mr. Black considers it a hardship. He chuckled and then continued. We won't get anything else out of them. Is there video from Savage Security? Sam scoffed. No, the system was down for maintenance. If you can believe that, he added. He didn't believe it. They'd done something to the recording for a reason, and he didn't think it was to hide the fact that Eric escaped through another door. Hal stopped at the red light and looked before he turned right. I think our part in this case is done. It wasn't a coincidence that a woman shot herself at another employee of Savage Security's home on the same night that a different employee was attacked at the office. He sighed, knowing that he wished he could delve deeper into this case, but he understood that he'd met dead ends at every point. Sam grunted a reply. You heard about the FBI taking down a cell the other night? They killed a few people. Hal needed an antacid. He pressed his fist against his chest and gave it a good rub. How much you want to bet the events are related? Sam wasn't a betting man. He preferred to keep his money in his pocket and not give it away, but he knew this was a sure thing. You think the good people of Carisburg dodged a bullet? Yep, I think we got pretty lucky. Hal knew that it was common for security companies owned by former military personnel to work side jobs for the government. Whatever happened that night would remain hidden in the fog. He was confident that was a good thing. Chapter 26 Hazim's head lolled as exhaustion crashed over him in pounding waves. He'd lost the ability to hold his head high hours ago. Now it bobbed aimlessly like a buoy on the ocean's waves. The bullet wounds in his shoulders burned. Sweat lined his forehead and trickled down his neck. His heart thudded in his ears, and nausea churned in his gut. All night he'd wrestled between sleep and misery as noise bombarded him through the speaker system. He was alone in the room, but he knew he was being watched behind the large mirror. Lights had also flashed intermittently throughout the night, jarring him awake when he managed to slip into sleep. The bastards were doing their best to wear him down. Sleep-deprived, thirsty, and ravenously hungry, he was close to breaking completely. He'd given them a few names, people who were ghosts in the desert, but the bastards wanted more. They wanted names of people in the cell in the States. He'd given them a few names, people who were ghosts in the desert, but the bastards wanted more. They wanted the names of people in his cell in the States, the ones who were immediate threats to American citizens. But all he wanted to do was rest his head on the table and escape into a sea of dreams. He kept telling himself that this nightmare would eventually end. It had to. A buzz sounded, alerting Hazim to the return of his interrogators. Lifting his head off the table, he glanced at the door. He narrowed his eyes as Suit strolled into the room with the arrogance of a king before his subjects. The old man looked rested and refreshed. Even his sparse white hair was neatly combed over the bald spot on top of his head. Suit was followed by Wooly, the hairy man-beast, and Hazim's heart raced. He hated the big brute. The man had been trained in intimidation, and Hazim hated to admit that he was intimidated. He told himself that his fear did not make him any less of a man, but his gut told him that wasn't true. He was supposed to strike fear into others, not have fear flood his system and overwhelm his resolve. 
Hazim watched as Suit unbuttoned his jacket and glided to the chair across from him. Suit slowly slid his jacket down his arms and neatly settled it over the back of the chair. Hazim figured this must be part of Suit's ritual, the power play of the one in charge, forcing the weaker to wait on his command. Hazim scowled at Wooly as the brute stepped past him and disappeared out of his peripheral vision. The fact that Wooly was out of his sight frazzled his nerves. Hazim craned his head and spotted Wooly standing a foot behind him, close enough to inflict pain, but not within his line of sight. He forced himself to turn away from Wooly and look at Suit. I'm hungry, Hazim said as his stomach rumbled loudly. He was embarrassed by his body's betrayal. So far, he hadn't done a great job of withstanding their techniques. Suit set the folder on the table in front of him. Then, pulling his glasses out of his pocket shirt, he set them low on his nose. Did you hear me? Hazim barked. I'm hungry. The bastard was ignoring him, and it pissed him off. He deserved better treatment. He was an American. Suit rested his hands on the table, interlocking his fingers. I understand. He nodded solemnly. I'll send for some food when you give us the names of your friends in the States. Suit knew the man would break. He was already a mess. It was just a matter of time. Hazim growled and hunched forward to relieve the pain in his shoulders, but he hadn't been able to find a position to ease the burn. Chewing on his bottom lip, he finally admitted himself that he was screwed. In desperation, he offered up a few more names. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope you enjoyed these chapters. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.